Well, good morning, Identity Church. I, I just am so thankful that everybody is here this morning, especially after some of the reports I've heard this week. I mean, I know myself, I've been dealing with sinus things, back issues, all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you, praise report after doing the communion this morning, my back is completely and totally healed. I'm just telling you, straight up, straight up. I mean, it's pretty bad when you can't even tie your own shoes. So, I mean, you know, praise God, you know, (laughs) absolutely, I'm wearing slip-ons. But, you know, we've got people in our congregation that are dealing with sinus problems, um, all kinds of other issues. This has been, because the weather is going up and down and up and down, you know what, I feel led of the Lord to just pray right now over not only our congregation, but over people that are having sinus issues. Because, man, I mean, one minute I feel like I'm getting over it, and the next minute I feel like that it's attacking me again. And it usually is because of the, everything's going up and down, like over and over like a roller coaster. So I'm going to pray that we no longer have this roller coaster of sinus issues and sickness So if everybody would just bow your head, Father, we just come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over those in our congregation that are fighting off sinus issues, that are fighting off issues with the normal uh, seasonal colds, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that right now they are healed. I thank you, dear Lord, that you are causing this to just even out and that we're not going to have any more issues uh, with these sicknesses, Father. And we just thank you for it in that by Christ Jesus' stripes, we were healed. So if we were healed, that means in the present tense form, we are health. And I just thank you for it that we are health. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to get into this. This is going to be the last message that, that, um, that I'm going to teach on the spirit of Christmas uh, because next week uh, Christmas will be over with. So it's a good reason, I guess. Um, but I wanted to talk to you this morning about comfort, joy, peace, and goodwill. See, Jesus came as the spirit of Christmas to give us comfort, joy, peace, and goodwill. And you may be thinking, well, you know, some people, I think we've been taught all of our life, well, yes, Jesus brings me goodwill. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus brings me comfort. But do you know that there is reasons why Jesus came? I mean, have you ever thought, why did Jesus just not come down like a, you know, like a a spirit and say, everybody believe in me and God. All right. Why didn't he do it? I mean, that would have been the easiest thing. I mean, I got news for you. Jesus shows up right here as a spirit walks through walls. Everybody's going to be like, woohoo, Jesus, right? I mean, you can take the most hardened atheist. He walks up and says, hey, I'm Jesus, and I'm going to knock you down. Everybody's going to believe. But do you know that there was a reason why God, and I'm not going to get too much into this part of it, because authority was number one, I think, because that was one of the first things that God gave to man. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says that he created man in his own image. And he gave him dominion. That word in the Hebrew for dominion means to be a ruler. It means that God gave the earth, gave all the stuff on the earth to mankind. 
So, I mean, think about this. God himself alleviated his own authority and power to men. Now, I, I will tell you, I probably wouldn't have done this. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, maybe you call me a control freak or whatever, but God's going to give man all the authority over the whole earth. Well, he had a lot more faith in Adam and Eve than I would have. Because when he gave it over to Adam and Eve, it was fine until they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? But the moment that they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they got the ability to say what was good and what was bad. You know, because Eve said, hey, I saw this fruit. And God said it was bad for food. But what did she say in her own heart? She said, this is good for food. Now, I mean... You may be thinking to yourself, well, what does this have to do with Jesus coming back? Well, see, if man has authority on the earth, and man has the ability because they've, we've, we've all partaken through the bloodline of Adam into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How many, how many people in here have, have in your life said, hey, I've got a, I, I know something to be good, and then later on go, no, that's actually not good. Everybody should have your hand up. Because if you live more than 24 hours, you're going to find out that there's a lot of things that you think are good. That the moment you get in the middle of it, you go, this was not good. See, we got to decide because of the knowledge of good and evil that, was per, that we partook in through Adam and Eve. So what happened was, is that God gave dominion to every man. So we all have this free will. We can go around, we can kill each other, we can maim each other, we can do good things. I mean, there wasn't everybody that was going around killing and maiming or it would just been a big, you know, big field of killing, right? But man, in his own power, in his own will is always going to find out a way to be selfish. And so when God was sitting there and he told Adam and Eve in, the, in chapter 3, he said, hey, he said, the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. So the woman, Mary, was going to have to produce a child that came from God, that was both God and man so that he would have ultimate authority between heaven and earth. See, there's a reason why Jesus had to come. He had to be here in the flesh in order to have authority because God had given authority to man. Now, that may have been something that you'd say, well, I learned that in Sunday school when I was a kid. Well, guess what? We need to understand that if God gave authority to man, he didn't do away with it because of Jesus. In fact, in John, he actually says that now, Jesus says, I've been given all authority in heaven and in earth. And he says, now I give it unto you. Oh man, well, that puts us back into another dynamic. We now have authority from heaven and from earth because the spirit of Christmas, the comforter, the person who brought us great joy, brought us peace, 
See, I no longer have to just worry about my circumstances and all that I've got to be able to handle my circumstances here on earth. Mm -mm. Now he's then given us a bridge to where I can go and get the supernatural because Jesus came. See, authority was needed in order for Jesus to be able to come. But there was a second part of this. The part that I really want to talk to you guys about this morning. I'm going to try to make this brief because we're going to go to my house. We're going to party it up. It's going to be like, we're going to party like it's 1999 at my house. I mean, it's going to be great. But I want to really dig into the part of Jesus being our comfort, joy, peace, and goodwill. Because there was a war that was going on that most people didn't even know there was a war that was going on. And it was between God and man. In Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 this whole time. So if you want to follow along in your Bibles, I've got it up here on the screen. But I want, I want you to know that we're going to bounce around in Luke chapter 2 for, the, for all of this teaching. Luke 2, 11 through 14 says, For there is born unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And then suddenly, suddenly in, in the Greek is exactly the way you would think. It means spontaneously without warning. It just happened. Woo! What just happened? Have you ever had a suddenly happen? You know, I've been driving down the road and suddenly a car come out in front of me. That was a suddenly. It's like, whoa, what the heck just happened? See, what I want you to understand is that this was like out of left field. You've got some shepherds that are in the field and you've got an angel talking to these shepherds. And then all of a sudden out of left field, something's about to happen. And it said there was an angel with a multitude in heaven praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Good will towards men, which good will means satisfaction as an offering. Something amazing happened right then. See, most people pass by all of this and they think, oh, it's goodwill. This is great. This is awesome. Jesus is coming. It's all going to be good. But see, there was something that happened in heaven, a contract. A, a, there was, there was a, an actual covenant that was being cut that God was sitting at, at the law table. And he was saying, I'm going to create something between man and God that has never happened before. See, Jesus was a peace offering. You might have thought, well, what was the, what was the problem? What was the war? Why was there a war between two people? And see, what we have to understand is, is that if Jesus became our, the peace offering... That meant that there was a conflict that had been happening. See, what I want you to understand is that, you know, a peace offering only happens. It only happens when a lesser person or a lesser kingdom is tired of having their butt kicked. All right. See, we don't do this nowadays and we don't think about this. But I'm going to give you an example of how this happens nowadays, okay? 
So, it, so nowadays what we have is we actually do this exact same thing, but you don't really think about it in these terms. How many people have a house or a car? All right. So if you have a house or a car, what you did was you went to a more powerful institution that had way more money than you did, and you said, I'm going to make a peace offering with you. I'm going to sign a contract that says that I'm going to pay you more money than what you're going to lend to me. And for that money, I get to have a car, or I get to have a house. See, a covenant was the ability for a weaker individual to go to a stronger individual and say, I want to be able to use your resources. I want to be able to create an opportunity so that I'm no longer getting my tail tore up by these other people. Or, hey, nowadays, I, I don't want to walk anymore. I don't want to sleep outside. I want a house. And see, that's what I want you to understand is that in all of history, every part of history... The covenant was always cut between the weaker going to the stronger. And there had to be a mercy. There had to be a, what do you give me and what do I give you? See, that's what the covenant would be. Hey, if I end up going to war with my enemies, you've got to come and go to war with me. And see, every single time it was always a weaker individual that would go and ask from a larger, more predominant individual or kingdom. But see, the script was flipped this time around. The more dominant, the strongest, most, most powerful being on the planet said, I'm going to flip it around and I'm going to go and cut covenant with the weakest people because they have, there's no other choice. Do you know that we lived in a society before Jesus where people lived destitute of knowing who God was? See, there was a, there was a God-shaped hole that was in everybody's heart and there was no other way to fill it. And every time God tried to do it through either a covenant or the Old Testament or he went to man, every single time man screwed it up. Every single time. You know, the only thing that, that I can think of, and, and I've asked this question of God. I said, God, why did you do this? What did you have to gain? And every single time, in his word, in the Holy Spirit, he always says, I gained you. For no other reason that he sent his only son to die it was because of you. The most powerful being in the universe ever created everything, decided to flip the script and create a covenant where he gives all and you don't have to do anything but believe. Whew, I'm going to tell you what, that... To me, that is the most amazing thing. There needs to be people jumping up, running around this place. It should be awesome. Woo! Because I don't have to do anything other than believe that Jesus himself came, 
to give me authority, comfort, joy, peace, and goodwill. Guys, if there's not revival breaking out all over because of this, I don't know what else will do it. You're, hey, if this doesn't start a fire, your wood is wet. Jesus himself came down and he was the peace treaty. He was the bridge between man and God. And you may be saying to yourself, okay, well, I don't know if I truly believe that there was a problem between man and God. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Y'all probably read some of this if you hadn't. Here you go. Man and God never really got along. God created man, created Adam and Eve. They stopped trusting God. They ate of the only thing that he asked them to not do. They did. So the original sin was man stopped trusting God. Cain kills Abel. First murder that had ever happened. God is mortified by it. God repents of even creating man in Genesis chapter 6, right before the flood. You know, this word repent is the word metanoia in the Greek. But in the Hebrew, it's the exact same word. It meant, but it's a little stronger. God was not only repented like, I'm changing my mind and my direction. God was mad at himself. Because he he saw a people that was so wicked that was so bad but you know the thing is is that he didn't go against his word you know i i've i've read articles i've talked to people i've seen the struggles that people have had where they have their kids and their kids go and they become drug addicts or they or they go and they commit you know commit crimes and and they go to jail and, and everybody will ask the question, you know, well, maybe I should just not have had kids. That would have been the easiest thing for them, right? Heck, we even have some kids in our society that are trying to sue their parents because they actually had them. Ooh, anyway, but my point behind this is, is that, is that God basically said, For their own sakes, should I have even created them? Think about that as a parent. I have two great kids. And I just cannot fathom watching them go through hell every single day. See, that's where God was at. Was that he was struggling because he did not want us to be in that situation. God thought he had a good thing going on with David, but his son, Solomon, started building all these coalitions with all these other places, and he started worshiping false gods. So Israel constantly went between belief and non-belief. There was also this period between Malachi and John the Baptist that was called the intertestinal period. This intertestinal period was close to 400 years. That means God didn't even have a prophet. He didn't have, he didn't come talk to anybody. An angel didn't show up. They were alone for 400 years. And see, basically during that 400 years time, it was just a, it was awful. They were constantly under some siege. There was, there was people that was constantly coming after them. You know, Syria and Greece would constantly 
uh, attacked them, Alexander the Great came and knocked down some of the walls. What I want you to understand is that this was all prophesied by, da- by Daniel in chapter 8, verses 8 through 22. And see, God knew that their hearts was going to be hardened towards him. So he just said, hey, I'm just trying to get Jesus here. You know, one of the things that actually did this, and I think a lot of people don't misunderstand this, that about 164 years before Jesus and John came on the scene, that Judas Maccabee retook the temple and cleansed it. But he sent a garrison of people to Rome because they were the weakest. And they went to Rome and they told Rome, they said, hey, we'll do whatever you want as long as you'll bring peace to our region. You know what Rome did? Rome came in and kicked Syria's tail. Absolutely decimated every single enemy that Israel had. Guess what? They didn't do it to Israel. You know why? Because they were in covenant together. You know, I say spoiler alert. A lot of people think Rome just shows up and like takes over Israel. No, Israel signed up for everything they got. They signed up for it. It was a part of their covenant with Rome. So whenever somebody says, well, you know, those Romans, they were really bad to to Israel. No, they weren't. (laughs) This is what they agreed to. We will allow you to be here. We'll pay you taxes as long as you protect us. Do You know that when we get to choose good and bad, we go and we sign up with the wrong people. And so in 70 AD, everything's completely destroyed. But what I want you to understand is, is that before Jesus, if things were going good, mankind just trusted in themselves. They just loved on themselves. They thought it was the greatest thing ever. I feel a little bit like America right now. You know, 9-11 happened, and the second part of this sentence came into being. Every church was filled up. Every seat was filled up. You know, because I'm afraid. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. So people turn back to God and run to him and say, oh, Lord, help me. But, you know, when a nation is as prosperous as America, we just go, ah, we've got this handled. We can do whatever we want. And I'm going to close with this because we're going to go party. I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Everybody, even if you're listening, well, no, if you're listening, on, you're on the podcast. Don't show up at my house later, okay? But we're going we're gonna to go to my house. We're going to have a Christmas party. It's going to be great. But what I want you to understand is, is that man and God had to have a reckoning. They had to have a coming back together party, right? And Jesus was it. Jesus was the garrison that came onto the scene and said, Ah, I'm creating a new peace treaty between between you and everybody else. So I'm going to back up to Luke chapter eight, uh, Luke 2, 8. And it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now I want you to understand something. God did not send people to Herod. He didn't send people to the Sanhedrin. He sent people to, that lived out in the middle of a field looking after some sheep. All right? Now, I don't know about you, but whenever somebody does something amazing, 
we always make a big, a big deal. If somebody has a, um, you know, a boxing match or an MMA fight or the national championship, let's get a, let's get a TV spot going. Let's have everybody watch how many million views. Let's get ad campaigns going on. See, God didn't do any of that. He showed up to a bunch of shepherds, people who were dirty. They were the common folk. They weren't the, the, the high-end people that you would have found in the temple. Well, see, God shows up to them and he says, Hey, I want to show you something because I didn't come for them. I didn't come for the elite. I came for everyone and I'm starting with you. Luke 2, 9 through 10 and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone about them. It means it was illuminated. You know, it was dark outside. It's nighttime, right? He turns it into daytime. God himself shows up. See, I want you to understand that God through the, through the, the Super Bowl party right here in the middle of this field. He shows up. The glory of God comes out. It is like the biggest, I mean, there's dancers everywhere. There's people singing and shouting, and it's amazing. You don't believe it? What does it say next? And it says, these people were greatly afraid. They'd never seen anything like this. But in verse 10, it says, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And in verse 13, it says, and suddenly... There was an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill, or satisfaction of an offering towards men. The dancers broke out. The praisers broke out. Heaven brought about every single thing that God was wanting to show. There was a parade going on. There was a Super Bowl party happening. And see, God shows up and he says, I want you to see that my son's going to come and he's going to do some things. I no longer have enmity between me and you. God was saying the war is over. There is no longer anything between God and man. It doesn't matter if somebody doesn't believe in God. God still says, hey, I'm not trying to change them. Jesus came and died for them. You know what? He said, bring me, bring you and put them with those people who don't believe. See, that's what's so powerful is the fact that God, when he gave authority over to man, he didn't have any more authority. He could come down and do all these great things. He could give people manna and they would still go, oh, I hate manna. Oh, you're, you're giving me fire at night and a cloud during the day. Well, you know, I get a sunburn at night and I, and I get too cool during the middle of the day, God. Nothing was ever good enough. But see, what I want you to understand is that God himself came down in the form of man to give authority so that now when we believe upon Jesus Christ, now he lives inside of us. Now it's not God just giving us a bunch of words. Those words are written in our heart. And when I talk to someone who does not believe, now those words are coming out of my heart. They're coming out of your heart. And see, God says, I put it back on you. 
I gave you all authority through Jesus Christ. I gave you the ability to go and be able to cast out devils. You know that a lot of times, and I'm being honest about this, if y'all want to run out of the back of the church, well then guess what? Go ahead. Because this is what I believe. Because I've seen it. People, I've seen people with mental issues that really was never going to be fixed because you'd give them medicine, they still had the same mental issue. It wasn't a chemical imbalance. It was a demon. I've seen it. You know, we're too scientific here. But you go to like Costa Rica, you go to one of these other places, they manifest and people go, yeah, that's a devil. Stay away from that dude. It was just like during Jesus' time. People would say, hey, that guy over there that lives in the cave, he's got a demon. Leave him alone. But now what we do is if somebody, you know, dresses up like Mary Poppins and they're seven foot tall and they start running around acting like they're crazy. Well, you know what? You know, I was, I was in the middle of this, I was in the middle of this conference and I literally saw a demon manifest. I was at a work conference and these people said, oh, they have schizophrenia and they like help them. And I was sitting there and I go, schizophrenia, I mean, I've been around people who I truly believe had a mental or, you know, brain issue. This person was not like that. See, what I want you to understand is that if you want to live in a world where we just continually medicate people, then you go right ahead. You just allow people to be medicated. But I'm going to live in a world where I go up to people and I start ministering Jesus to them. And now they can be set free. See, that's what God did when he gave us authority, comfort, peace, and joy, and goodwill is that he put that all inside of you and he put it all inside of me. And now we get to go minister those things to people. Authority, comfort, joy, peace, and goodwill. Those are all things that are on the inside of you. They're fruits, actually, of the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you every single day. So when I say that the war is over, we're no longer striving with God anymore. Do you know that we're no longer striving with man anymore? Because now we, we have this covering called the children of God. Do you know that... The only way to actually, other than a DNA test, to know that me and dad are related is a birth certificate, right? I mean, how many people in here have birth certificates? Hope everybody does. So if you have a birth certificate, there's no other way for us to know. There's no other way for us to be able to gain any knowledge of who you belong to without that birth certificate. And see, Jesus, what he did was he came and he signed a birth certificate. On the inside of you, when you became a new creature in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that you have become this new creature. God created this new spirit on the inside of you, and now you have the spirit of God living in you. You are a child of God. The covenant was written on the inside of your heart. You may be thinking to yourself right now, you know, 
I've known this. This makes a lot of sense, or at least it should make sense. But you know, the thing that I'm going to challenge each and every one of you with, because I know each and every one of you in here are saved. I know you. I've talked to you. But see, now I'm going to challenge you to go use that authority and that peace and that joy and that comfort and that goodwill to go and tell others about it. Because you're the only Jesus, the one that actually has the birth certificate that most people are ever going to see. You know, I think about some of my family. It's, it's been on my heart this week. I've been praying a lot for some extended family because it just they just keep coming back up in my mind. And it they're so far away, yet God... God wants them to be a part of the same family. And whatever hurts they've had, whatever, whatever problems that they've had in their past, you know, I'm constantly praying, Lord, show me a way to be able to reach out to them and show Jesus that's on the inside of me. You know that God is wanting you to reach out. God is wanting you to be Jesus in this earth. That's not blaspheme, that's truth. Go read the Word because the Word says that you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you and that He gave you the same authority. So when you sit down, you boldly go into the throne room of God in front of these people and say, hey, I'm opening up God to you. Do you know that you, each and every one of you are anointed? You are called to be world changers. Change your own world. Change the world of those people that are around you. And we will see a revival like you've never seen. But it's all going to be because of the spirit of Christmas. Did y'all learn something today? Amen. 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 You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over us. Uh, if you have any prayers that you want, I'll be here afterwards. But I'm just going to pray over you. And just send you forth this week because I want y'all to have the best Christmas that you could have ever had. This is going to be the greatest Christmas. So if you'll just bow your head, I'm going to pray over us. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. We just thank you, Father, for all that you're doing for us. I thank you that the word is just penetrating our heart. And that it's reminding us to go back out into this world. And to go and show the love of God. Christmas is the time where Jesus shows up to those that need him. I pray in Jesus' name that this week that there's people that's going to be on each and every person's heart on here and that you're just showing them how to go forth into their world and to change them. That you're showing them how to create an opportunity to where they get to see Jesus in them. I just pray, Father, in Jesus' name that we're going to see that we're going to see people coming to you in groves. I thank you, Father, that comfort, joy, peace, and goodwill, that that's going to be the, the banner that you're going to just continue to just roll out over this whole earth. I pray that there is opportunities and that there's peace that is being given.
to those that are around each and every person in this congregation. And I just pray for them. Pray that you strengthen them. Help them to not help them through any sicknesses. And I just pray for it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Thank you.